0: the passage that Mark's going to be speaking to us on. Proverbs chapter 4. If you can flick through to Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to be reading uh, the whole chapter. Proverbs chapter 4. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction... Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me, and he said to me, Take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked, or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it, do not travel on it, turn from it, and go on your way. For they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of the day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it keep your mouth free of perversity keep corrupt talk far from your lips let your eyes look straight ahead fix your gaze directly before you give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. I'm going to pray for Mark as he comes to preach to us. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it doesn't change. Thank you that you speak to us uh, through the Bible and through people that you have allowed to explain what your word says to us. Help us to have ears that are open and hearts that are ready to hear. Thank you for Mark. Please help him to speak clearly and confidently. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: good morning church my name is Mark and I am the current ministry apprentice here at BBC would you join with me in prayer Lord would you open our eyes this morning to the truth found in your word thank you for your mercy and grace which is freely and generously given to us through your son Jesus may you use your word to set us on the right path, the path that leads to life. Amen. Well, this is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever it is you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering you is the truth. Nothing more. What movie did I just reference? The Matrix. Yes, The Matrix. The famous pill scene, where Neo has a massive decision to make, doesn't he? I mean, the whole movie hinges on his decision to take either the red pill or the blue pill. Did you know that according to Google, it is estimated that the average adult makes 35,000 decisions a day? 35,000 decisions a day. Each decision, of course, carries its weight and its consequences, which can either be good or bad. If we make 35,000 decisions each day, we make 245,000 decisions each week and 12.7 million per year multiply 35k by a lifetime and that is a lot of decisions this makes life incredibly full and complex some decisions carry massive weight to it questions like who will I marry will I marry or not to have children or not will I move house or not if so where will I move to What career do I want to pursue? These are all big questions. These are all big decisions that we have to make. And of course, not every decision is big and complex and life-altering as those. However, what do we call someone who makes bad choices? A fool, don't we? A fool is someone who repeatedly makes bad decisions. And nobody wants to be a fool. We like to think that we're doing all right when it comes to living wisely and making good choices. The problem is the fatigue we experience from constantly needing to navigate life's complexities. Do you ever feel decision fatigue? Do you feel tired of the never-ending task to make wise choices or at least limit the number of bad ones? Do you ever feel overwhelmed at the need and the amount of times you have to make a good choice? Out of all the decisions we will make in our lifetime, there is one decision that will determine the trajectory of every other choice we are going to make. It is the decision of what path will we travel, what path will we take. Today we are going to be looking at what wisdom has to say about that choice. We know that God wants us to take his way and the truth is there is only one way to get there. Only one road to travel down. Our primary text for today will be Proverbs chapter 4. And we're going to look at the way of wisdom and what God has to say about that choice. We find here in Proverbs chapter 4, that a father delivers three exhortations to his son, which highlight the three main sections in this chapter. Each section is distinguished by the repeated call from the father to his son, calling him to listen, as we find in verses 1, verse 10, and verse 20. In the first section, verses 1 to 9, the father is pleading with his son to find wisdom. Look with me at verse 1. Oh, yeah, it will be up on the screen. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. Then we will look at the second section. In verses 10 to 19, the father is going to teach his son and plead with him to avoid the dangerous path of the wicked. Look with me at verse 10. Listen, my sons. accept what I say and the years of your life will be many. Finally, in the third section, verses 20 to 27, the father teaches his son about the need to be vigilant. Verse 20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. And so, we are going to notice three things this morning about Proverbs chapter 4. First, the location of valuable wisdom. Second, avoiding the dangerous path of the wicked. And third, the need to be vigilant. The first thing to notice, the location of valuable wisdom. Many people in our culture reject the idea that the decisions we make sets us on a path that leads to an actual destiny. The book of Proverbs presents our choices in the form of two different paths one can take. Either you are traveling on the path that leads to life, or you are traveling on the path that leads to death. There are two paths and no fence. This is not popular in our culture, which believes believes that ultimately all roads lead to a good destination. The wisdom literature found in the Bible disagrees with that. Now, I'd like to ask you for a moment to consider something with me. If you were to write down for your friends, children, loved ones, a set of directives for life, a letter that they could hold on to and reread as they set out into this wild and chaotic world full of dangers and snares, what would you write? What path would you guide them to? Proverbs 4 is a letter from a father to his sons, containing the guide to life. Look at verses 1 to 4 with me. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me and he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. In the opening verses of this chapter, we see that we are reading a letter from a father to his son, pleading with him to accept his teaching and to find wisdom. The father knows that we live in God's universe. And so, wisdom and justice are objective realities that we will fail to pursue at our own peril. This wisdom in Proverbs comes from God, and so we would be foolish to reject it. However, this is a real father to a real son. It's heartfelt. You can hear him pleading with his son to listen to him and to accept his teaching and to gain wisdom. In fact, this wisdom that is being passed on is of critical importance. It's supremely valuable. In verse 5, we read what the Father says. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. You could infer the son's response. Uh, Yeah, but why? What parent has ever heard that response to an instruction before? Why must I get wisdom? Verse 6 gives us the reasons she will protect you love her and she will watch over you this makes me think of a friend or a mentor who is always there for you he or she always has your back no matter what look with me at verses seven to nine the beginning of wisdom is this get wisdom though it costs all you have get understanding cherish her and she will exalt you embrace her and she will honor you she will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown the point here is all about the value of wisdom wisdom is personified as a woman and she is supremely valuable so in other words chase wisdom chase understanding proverbs sixteen sixteen says this how much better to get wisdom than gold To get insight, then silver. Most of us know that the most valuable things in this life are not material things. We may lean towards family, friends, or happiness as being the most valuable thing in this life to have. Proverbs says that wisdom is the most valuable thing to attain. And you may be wondering, well, where is this wisdom to be found? Proverbs 1, verse 7, gives us that answer. You may know it well. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. What does it mean to fear the Lord? Sinclair Ferguson said this about the fear of the Lord. He said it is that indefinable mixture of reverence, fear, joy, pleasure, and awe which fills our hearts when we realize who God is and what he has done for us. And as we will see today, to add to that, fearing the Lord is knowing that we need God's path. In order to live upright and wisely, we need the path that, is, that both leads to God and is guided by God. You can hear the father pleading with his son, can you not? To find wisdom, calling him to get this valuable wisdom. And for us reading this today, the wisdom of God has been revealed to us. Its location has been revealed to be in the person of Jesus. The New Testament writers tell us that Jesus is the person Proverbs speaks about. The Apostle John recorded these words where Jesus points out the way that leads to life. You may know this well. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so the way of wisdom is the way of Jesus. Jesus is the location of wisdom. And so if you want to find wisdom, you have to find Jesus. And how is Jesus our wisdom? We read out, we, we get the answer in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Jesus is revealed to be the wisdom of God for us. And how can this be? Because Jesus is God. He is God, he is currently reigning and ruling this universe. And what he did in his infinite wisdom was to come down and rescue a helpless people. He came to earth as wisdom incarnate and rescued a foolish people, you and me. His wisdom was ultimately displayed on the cross. There, on the cross, he took on himself our foolishness our wickedness and he died for us and this act of him dying on the cross seems foolish to our world but it is there at the cross which is revealed to us by grace as the place where he took on himself our punishment you see jesus lived the life and walked the path we never could he perfectly obeyed the father never giving in to sin or folly and then he took on himself our sin and he rose again, securing all those who would come to him on the right path. And this is the promise of Jesus, that he has come to set us on the right path. And so as Christians, since we have been united to Jesus, a life of wisdom is a life of following him. We'll explore this further in a bit. But for now, We have seen that the location of the wisdom that Proverbs speaks about is found in the person of Jesus. We have found the right path in Jesus. And moving on, now in verses 10 to 17, the father warns the son to avoid the dangerous path of the wicked. Point two, avoiding the dangerous path of the wicked. Look at what the father says in verses 14 to 17 as he describes the wicked path. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. For they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Wow. Wow. The father says to his son, do not even set foot on this path. Those on this path do not know Jesus and nor do they fear him. God is light. This path is full of darkness. Look how he describes in verses 18 and 19 the two paths. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Verse 18 tells us the wise path is like the morning sun. The imagery is of it rising till it reaches its full strength. The righteousness of all on this path is clear and evident. And verse 19 describes the wicked path as deep darkness. Those on this path are lost in darkness. What these verses say here, is uncomfortable to say the least and yet this is a truth we must all reckon with maybe you are someone here today and you feel as if you are lost in darkness you feel that you are stuck perhaps you feel lost and you are searching for answers what these verses show us can be really hard to hear and difficult to accept however I hope you hear the warm invitation of Jesus to come to him, to be set on the right path. His invitation to you, to come to him. The Bible tells us that we were all lost in darkness at one point, that we are all in need of Jesus. And so would you come to him today? Would you accept his invitation to you and his promise to be set on the right path, on the way of wisdom, on his path? And for those of us who have come to Jesus and have been set on the right path, the question, Christian, is why avoid the wicked path? Well, look at verses 11 and 12. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Well, one reason is because of its consequences. The way of wisdom is a good path. It's straight and it's safe. The wise path is straight, but the wicked path is twisted. It will cause you to fall, to stumble, to hurt yourself and others. A second reason is that the wicked path displeases God. Look at verse 16. For they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep until they make Stumble. The foolish path is full of evil, and evil always displeases God. Verse 17 They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. This evil path is displeasing to God. And so, to you, Christian, as you read this, this should cause us to think Am I living like someone lost in darkness? Am I living like someone on the evil path. Now, I'm sure many of us have had the experience of getting lost at some time in our lives. For those of us who are Christians, this can happen in a spiritual sense too. Usually when we get lost, it's because, well, one, we think we know the way and we soon realize that we don't. Two, we get distracted and we realize a way down the road that we missed the turn off. And three, some of us are just directionally challenged. I'm one of those people. Well, recently, my family enjoyed a trip to Denham. And on the way back, we traveled through Geraldton. The problem was that the designated navigator, to put it gently, <laughs> was really bad at navigation. I mean, all we wanted was a Maccas to stop at. And we did. We found a Maccas after about 40-minute detour. The navigator gave us the directions, but we were completely on the wrong path. No matter how many turns or U-turns we made, we couldn't make our way back. What happened was, we went off the path. We stopped listening to Google Maps, and we thought we could find our way through, which of course didn't work. Is this not what can happen to us spiritually. Sometimes, we think that we know better. At times, we can start to make decisions based on our own wisdom and our own ability. We can stop listening to God's word and instead rely on ourselves on our own wisdom and understanding. We start to place ourselves at the center of our decision-making. This places all the responsibility on ourselves. And this is a major cause for decision fatigue. And maybe you're here today And you're just, you're tired. You're tired from all the effort needed to keep living wisely. You're tired and exhausted from the constant battle against life's variety of stresses. Well, we began by exploring the number of decisions we make a day. How are we going to make 35,000 wise choices? It's not by knowing the right answers, but by knowing the right person that is jesus who will form and shape you to be in his wisdom jesus is the one who ultimately guides and grows us the promise of jesus is that he has set us on the right path the path that leads to him and is guided by him more on that in a moment But what is so amazing in this letter is that the father doesn't just leave his son without any instructions. In this final section, we read the words of the father pleading with his son, teaching him about the need to be vigilant. In Proverbs 4, verses 20 to 27, these verses help guide us along the right path. We saw in the first section that wisdom is wonderful. Wickedness is wonderful is terrible so be vigilant Christian as a Christian what is the one thing you need to be focusing on well guarding your heart this is the message of verse 23 above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it and how do we guard our heart well the following verses are going to help us to do that This final section is a sort of checklist to help examine my current thinking against the way of wisdom revealed in the previous verses. In verses 20 to 21, we again read the familiar call to listen, don't we? My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. Focus on my teaching, says the father. Our minds and our hearts are like sponges. And so what we focus on will be what soaks in and saturates us. If it is something foolish, we will make foolish decisions. If it is something wise, we will make wise decisions. This is why we are called to listen and to pay attention to what is feeding our thoughts. A few good questions to ask yourself may be, what am I paying my attention to first thing in the morning? What am I paying my attention to last thing before bed? To pay attention is to evaluate the directions you are traveling. We are not mindlessly existing. We are seeking to live along the grain of God's universe, to use the words of Tim Mackey. It is to give constant thought to Jesus as he is revealed in his word, constantly growing and deepening your relationship with him. Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7 says this, therefore, Just as you have received Jesus as Lord, continue in Him, being built up and rooted in Him. And so you see, wisdom both begins and continues with Jesus. In being united with Jesus, we are set on the path of wisdom. And not just that. He is the one who leads and guides us along that path. We have the amazing privilege of living alongside Jesus, alongside wisdom incarnate. So don't presume to know the way forward. Trust him. Rely on his wisdom and that he knows best. And We can trust him because he navigated the way through already. And he now walks with us and he asks us to rely on him. And a life of wisdom is, a fo- is following Jesus, and allowing him to lead. When we aim to lead ourselves, and we live off our own strength and our own ability to fix any situation that we are in, we start to carry a weight we were never designed to carry. It's no wonder why we feel stressed and fatigued, why we feel burdened and burnt out. We are simply not strong enough on our own. The message of wisdom is that you follow Jesus and that we have him beside us. He is strong enough and he is willing to carry us. Jesus is the cure for decision fatigue. In verses 24 to 27, we continue making our way through this sort of checklist to help us be vigilant let's step through and explore it and let me say up front now that this is not a legalistic list to follow but it's a posture to emulate look at verse 24 keep your mouth free from perversity keep corrupt talk far from your lips to guard our hearts means to guard our mouth and the way that we speak Proverbs 15.2 says, The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. And Proverbs 15.28 says, The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. Remember the old saying, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never harm me? Let me just say that that is so, so untrue. Words are used to cut to the core of who a person is. We must guard our mouths. Look at verse 25 with me. Let your eyes look straight ahead, fix your gaze directly before you. When you run a race, you're not looking around at everyone who is watching you, nor are you running with your eyes closed, but your eyes are fixed on the prize staring straight ahead. As followers of Jesus, we are followers of wisdom. And it is easy when surrounded by temptations to get distracted from wisdom and attracted to foolishness. And this is why we read in verse 26, Give careful thought to the past for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. This verse encourages us to be intentional in the way we are living. This is because wisdom requires us to evaluate our actions. Some of us here today, although Jesus followers, are in something of a spiritual ditch. And if this is the place you find yourself, you may need to stop, go back, reevaluate your past actions in order to go forward and be restored. This is because if we don't evaluate our past actions, and we don't give careful consideration to the path of our feet, we are bound to fall into the same pitfalls again and again. So don't be foolish. We mustn't be foolish by allowing ourselves to fall back into the old patterns and habits that we have just turned from. To give careful thought is to seriously consider which path am I currently on? Am I on the path that leads to God and is guided by God? The way of wisdom? The way that leads to life? Or am I stuck in deep darkness? Am I lost? Am I on a dangerous path? Verse 27. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. To keep your foot from evil means to keep straight on, avoiding pitfalls and snares. And for those of us who are here today and who are doing this, keep going. Keep focusing on Jesus. Don't turn away. Stay straight on. Keep following him. Again, this is not a legalistic list to follow, but a posture of wisdom to emulate. Are you being vigilant with your path? Are you carefully considering where your actions are leading you to? Are you guarding your heart? And so, we have seen the overwhelming and fatiguing situation we find ourselves in as we make every effort to live wisely. We have seen that we can find rest, not by knowing the right answers but by knowing the right person. That is Jesus, who is the wisdom of God for us. He both sets us on the right path and guides us along that path. And so as we wrap up today, I would like you to consider something. Consider firstly, how many decisions we have left to make today. Maybe... 20,000, 25,000 decisions, big or small. I would like to encourage you to make each deci- decision with Christ at the very center. To focus on Him. Because when we do that, we are not relying on our own wisdom, but we are trusting Him to lead us. We are trusting His way over our way. We are trusting His word over our own wisdom. To let him be the focus of each choice, each decision is wisdom. And I would like to encourage you to give careful consideration to the path of your feet this morning. Where are your decisions, decisions leading you to? Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to open your word and hear from you. Thank you that in your word, wisdom is found. Thank you that your word points us to you. Thank you that you became wisdom for us. That you lived the life and walked the path we never could. And now you walk with us, guiding us and leading us, deeper into yourself thank you that we no longer need to be in charge of our own decisions we don't need to carry a weight and hold a responsibility we were never designed to carry thank you that you are the way of wisdom amen